Welcome to the She Runs It podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole DeBoom. And Sarah Ratzloff. We are two successful female business owners who have found strength, confidence, and community through fitness. And we want to share that gift with you. Join us as we talk about what really matters to active women. We can't wait to hang out with you. Now let's get started. Let's do it. <laughs> this is, is it one of those podcasts again, Sarah? No. It's <laughs> How it to get not. faster. A DIY guide. I know. This is an exciting topic. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. Are we recording? Of course. <laughs> This is how we roll. We make it happen. I know. Nicole, I'm excited about this one because I really don't know much about how to get faster. Like, this is totally your jam. You are, like, fast at everything you do. You are a fast swimmer. You are a fast runner, a fast biker. Like, all of those things. You have been an elite athlete the majority of your not the majority, like all of your life. The majority. <laughs> like maybe when you were two and three, <laughs> like you're not an elite athlete at three. You know, oh, I just love you that. might have been. Keep talking, please. <laughs> going seriously. Um, I'm not fast at everything. Let me just tell you, there are very many things that I'm very much not fast at, but what I want to point out is that fast is relative. So, you're Ooh. using it in the sense of like, you're fast because you were a pro athlete. I was a pro athlete. So I was pretty fast at a bunch yeah. of stuff at Just certain times. So we remember you won an Ironman. You <laughs> ran 26 miles. You swam. Is it a mile? 2.4. 2 point. Yeah. You ran 26 miles. You swam 2.4 miles and you biked 112. 112. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not in that order. You don't run the swim, swim bike run. Right? Sarah, the triathlon will be another episode. Okay. We'll educate <laughs> on that one. Sarah, I we we did one. We did them at Disney. I know them. I just didn't brush up on mine. <laughs> I'm I I'm just saying that's a lot of mileage. A lot. So you are fat. Let me and just then tell you, you beat people. Like a lot of people. It's <laughs> just my favorite episode. Because Really, truly, the Ironman is the slowest of the triathlon distances. <laughs> it's the slowest? <laughs> well, it takes oh forever God. to do it. I mean, okay, but let's back up. Okay, uh, let me just ask this question. When you won the Ironman, how, how fast was your mile pace? Uh, it was like an eight-minute mile. Yeah, that's fast. Well, just thank so you. you know. Okay, awesome. Like, I'm like awesome. 11 minutes and 10 seconds. And I was like, yeah, fastest time ever. <laughs> um, You know, what's really funny is in any Ironman I've ever done, I've had miles mm -hmm. that were like 630 and miles that were like 10 minutes. Wow. Uh-huh. Because there's always a mile or two where you just yeah. stuck or there's a right? really hard hill or something like that. Yeah. Because you just swam 2.4 miles and biked 112. I yes, that in time. that order. Good job. Yeah. I do know these things. I just <laughs> forgot them for a minute. Love you. Well, <laughs> you know, it's interesting because what I want to, I actually want to back up again and say fast mm -hmm. is relative because Agreed. for me, fast was a certain speed, right? Mm -hmm. That w could be six minute miles or faster at times, depending right. on the race. Um, but for some people, Fast is going to be a 12 or 13 minute mile. Yes. And that is one thing that I want to just me. make a point to say <laughs> is that this is not an episode about running a six minute mile. That is a pipe dream for me these days mm -hmm. and for mm -hmm. most people out there. This is a podcast episode for mm -hmm. people who want to see improvement in their pace for running. Yes. Well, and it's interesting. So let's talk about this because I am actually fast. Like when it comes to short distances. So I ran the four by one. I was part of the four by one in my relay in my high school. I was, when I played rugby, I was, I was one of the faster ones on the field and I was also big. So I could, it was a good combination. I could run really fast and you couldn't knock me over it was awesome. But, but when it comes to longer distances, when it comes to endurance, my body's not really made for that. So it's a push for me 
you know, I'm a sprinter in, in one fashion, but I'm not in another. So it's, I think bodies are just really different. Um, and part of the reason I said, Hey, Nicole, I want to do this episode with you. We actually have our fitter, stronger, faster challenge. It's going to be the second year that we do this with this, with Zuma. And part of the reason it's actually that challenge has been a couple of different things. At one point it was, um, uh, it was like spring cleaning, like cleaning out, you know, your eating and your habits and all these things. And nothing, nothing really stuck until we hit this fitter, stronger, faster, because it's a question we get asked so many times, how do I get faster? And then we also have noticed, um, the number of injuries that have come, um, when people are not strong, when women are not strong in their core and all the right parts. Um, so, that's partly why we created that challenge. And then I was like, Nicole, you're fast. Maybe you could tell us. Well, and not even just that you are, you are an elite athlete, which means you have had to focus to the nth degree to, to get fitter. Like you don't say, Oh, that's cool. I'm going to aim for like uh, you know, an eight minute mile, you're like, no, I will be running a seven minute, 48 second and 12th of a second mile in order to be my competitor. Like you have to do that, which means you have to have some really solid strategies in place to get to get to there, which I think is fascinating. Um, and I will stop talking so you can tell us um, <laughs> all you know. <laughs> About, about getting fitter and stronger and faster. Well, I love this. I love that you naturally landed on the concept of fitter, stronger, faster, because faster doesn't work alone. And we're going to talk about that mm -hmm. today. Um, also, I want to point out that the more, I would say, um, more assured way of getting faster is mm -hmm. to get yourself a coach a guide or a mentor, mm -hmm. somebody who knows exactly what they're doing, who can help you because getting faster is a very individual pursuit. That's true. So having that expert guide you is going to help you ensure your success. Um, yes. But there are many people out there who are faster curious and yes. so if it is not possible to invest in a coach or find somebody who's willing to give their expertise to you, um, we're going to call this a DIY guide to getting faster. Mm -hmm. There's DIY yeah. for everything. Why can't we do it ourselves a little bit? <laughs> well, and that's the thing is there's a, there are basic principles to getting faster. And that's part of what I've learned as I have been um, – the owner of Zuma and we've brought in some of these different coach, like fast. And as, as, um, and I don't want to say I'm untrained, but, um, an average athlete, I just thought, Oh, you just run faster, right? You just have to have, and there is the training, but there are literally proven methods, proven ways, um, the building blocks, if you will, um, to actually getting, you know, to where you, you want to be. And, and let's be honest, the entire endurance industry is actually built on this concept of people wanting to get faster, of wanting to, to beat their time. Um, you run a race and then you're like, oh, that was awesome. I want to do it again, but I want to do it faster. So, um, so this is something that, um, we get, you know, asked, um, all the time and, so I'm very interested in hearing kind of your thoughts around the building blocks of how to get faster. What, what does it take, Nicole? What does it take to, to get stronger, to get faster? What are, how are the ways that you did it? Well, I think the first thing it takes is a commitment. So first of all, let's just say if you're brand new to running, this isn't for you. You know, you, you need mm -hmm. to have some running under you. And we're, we're talking about this with the foundation of running, but most of these principles can apply to other sports. But I also want to make this point. A given course on a given day on a given year may mm -hmm. yield a different time result, even if your effort is the same or if you are faster. You may be faster mm -hmm. the next year, but it was windier. 
it was freezing cold. It was way too hot. You know, conditions happened so that your time mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily reflect that. So there's also this gray zone. It's not a perfect yeah. science. There's a lot of factors at play. And I think that's a big thing is you've got to give yourself a little bit of grace here as you're attempting <laughs> to improve your speed. But what you also mentioned ties into our habit mm-hmm. um, discussion. I mean, we're talking about a craving here, a little bit of an addiction, you know? Oh, absolutely. The the cue is um, I'm going to do a race. The behavior is you do the race and mm-hmm. the result is you feel great. Right. And so the craving becomes I want to feel greater <laughs> and feeling greater yes. means I want to have a better result. So if you are at a place where you're ready to test yourself and push yourself and see how how much better you can be. I think this this will be a fun and basic episode for you to listen to. So Nicole, you bring up an interesting point. So what at what point are you considered, you know, if I've been running for a year, um, if I've done a 5K, like how would, how do you sort of assess a base level at which point you're sort of um, ready to, to take on some of these things? Well, I actually think it probably has to do with whether you are a person who enjoys events and races and if getting faster is going to be measured by doing an actual race. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to do a race to measure if you're faster, but True. you need to do some kind of workouts to get a gauge for that. So I think most people listening are probably going to want to set a goal race. Mm -hmm. So as part of this process, there are a few needs, right? First Mm -hmm. is let's set your race. And so to your question, if you've never done a race before, well, guess what? You're going to PR. So maybe if you've already (laughs) done a race or two or 10 or a hundred, maybe it's time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's when you this can be effective for you. So yeah, cool. Okay. So So what you need is some kind of goal to strive Mm -hmm. for. You're going to need commitment. It's going to take some some effort to get there. Um, You are going to need a schedule and a calendar. You're going to need to abide by a calendar. If you are not a calendar person, like it's going to be hard to do this without. And you're going to need to have the discipline to do some kind of journaling or logging because if you try to keep all that training in your head for the mm-hmm. three or six months of your training plan, I think it's going to be very hard. It's much easier if you write it down and you can see what's working and what's not working. And the final thing is that mm-hmm. there is no magic pill to getting faster. You can't buy your way. You can't buy those new shoes yeah. and then just run three minutes faster. Okay. I mean, they're prettier than your old ones. They're prettier. Work. Well, you know, there's the <laughs> Nike ones that were like yeah. in the Olympics and they're like, yeah, everybody just ran like four seconds faster per <laughs> mile. And like they have proven that this happens. But the truth is there really is not a magic pill. And if you rely on that stuff, you buy mm-hmm. your way faster, it will come back to bite you because you're not actually getting faster. You're just getting right. better equipment. So in, in order to, um, the only magic pill I would say that works is consistency. That is actually, there is a magic pill. It's called being consistent. The power of persistence. It's very close. It's the same. Showing up every day. Every podcast we do backs up the one before it. I know, right? Well, it's because they're all basic, you know, concepts and ideas. Okay, so this is interesting because I think I've hit on a number of reasons I was not successful. (laughs) Number one, you have to schedule all these things out. I think I did this before I had children, but I I really can't. I'm not sure I can remember back that far. Um, And a journal and then commitment and consistency. So these are the things you need. And we talked about a goal, right? Setting a yep. goal. Yep. Okay. Now, are you going to talk more about the schedule in the journal? I don't want to like steal your thunder. I don't necessarily, because I'm not going to give people a training plan because I don't know what they're training for, a 5K, a 10K, a marathon. Um, 
I've coached many people. I've coached myself. Mm -hmm. I've been coached by many people. And there's just, it's very individual on what your goal is. So I'm not going to lay that out. But what I will speak to broadly is Mm -hmm. that within your training plan, you will have periodization. If it's somewhat standard plan, the first part of the plan will be laying the base, putting the hay in the barn. You know, you're going to be doing the foundation work and building yourself up so that you do not get injured. And then in the second part of your training plan, you're going to focus on strength. You're going to do more strength work. And in the third part of your training plan, you're going to do more speed work. And then there'll be a, a taper period and it, it will all magically come together. And Interesting. You so you're saying in an overall training plan that you lay the base, build your strength, and then you do the speed work. Yes, I am. Also, these are all blowing my mind. I know I should know all these things. <laughs> I've run a number of half marathons, but. Well, here's, you know, there, everybody has different philosophies, but that's kind of a general rule of thumb. And when you say strength, people immediately imagine themselves in the weight room doing like a Mm -hmm. power press. Absolutely. That's exactly what I think. Yes. And that's not what I'm talking about. If you are also doing weight training on the side as part of your program, your weight training will also change. So you'll do some foundation work in the beginning. And then you'll have, you'll be lifting heavier weights and getting stronger and, you know, doing specific moves that, that are going to help your individual body get stronger. And you will probably suck at running during that part because you're tired. Your muscles are, are, you know, getting stretched in a Mm -hmm. little different way. And then you're going to switch it up and you're going to do faster rep, less weight, and you're going to basically do speed weight training and then mm-hmm. you're going to taper. And the taper is truly the magic. We should have like a whole episode on taper. We should. I was taking gonna... a lot of notes just yeah. so we're taking a lot of notes. Um, so I have a what part of what I think you're saying here then, and it's not just the scheduling the workouts, but it's really picking a comprehensive plan that covers all the things that you're saying. It's not getting faster is not necessarily, okay, let me add some speed work into my, my run every, every week. Um, let me add in some weights or some strength training, but it's, it's a, um, specific plan. And you said at the beginning of this, the idea of, of getting help. I mean, there are a ton of, of training plans out there. And, you know, I always struggled to even know what was I was like, how do I know who's right? I mean, there are a million coaches and a million different ways to approach this. Um, so I, I'll be honest, I've never heard that laid out this way. And it's very interesting. I mean, it, and it makes a lot of sense. So I have a question then about journaling. So yes. what kind of things as you're doing your, your workout, what kind of notes would you normally take? What do you... It's, you know, it's so crazy. I came across a whole pile of old journals of my workouts and they were hilarious. I mean, you write down your workout, right? Then you write down what you actually did because sometimes Uh it changes. But the important thing I think, and especially for women, I don't know why, but it seems important to all of us, write down how it made you feel. And you can do one word and it can be a swear word. (laughs) Or it can be your happy place, you know, but write emotionally and then physically how you felt. Mm -hmm. That I think is important. And and you don't have to waste a bunch of time doing it. Just have an easy journal, grab a journal, grab a notebook and, and lay it out. And I think there's things you can even print off for free. Yeah, there there are. Yeah. We'll have to look for some of those. Maybe we can link to them. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So you really, you can just kind of go back and, and check and kind of see, you know, where you were. So three weeks into your plan. Okay. How did this make me feel? Can I adjust this? Those kinds of things. So maybe we could talk, um, first then about kind of laying the base. Is that a yeah. good place to start? Well, what yeah, does that look like? yeah. I like that. Cause you know, I think even before you lay the base, I want to lay like 
another base, <laughs> which is the foundation for getting faster seems counterintuitive. Okay. Because to get faster, you actually need to train most of your training slower and then some of your training way faster. That's interesting. So there's this whole zone sort of um, philosophy on training. Like say, you, say you're doing a, zone, a plan and you're thinking about your efforts. Okay, so mm -hmm. I'm going to call them zones just to keep it simple today. And your zones are going to go from one to five. One okay. is super easy, your heart rate, and, and usually they're aligned with different heart rate levels that are sort of based on your age, you know, so we can also include a link to this so people know. But Great. when you speak of it in terms of effort, you could also think mm -hmm. of breathing. That was really helpful yeah. for me. So say you don't have any real equipment except maybe a watch. So you know how fast you're going. You don't have a heart monitor, you know, some Garmin thing, like mm -hmm. it's all you have. So what you're going to do is pay attention to your breathing. And in zone one, you're barely breathing hard. I mean, you're just sort of like rolling along breathing sort of normal. Yeah. It could be your walk. It's your recovery. It's your easy warm-ups. And number two, zone two, you're just breathing a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. And zone three and zone four are sort of at the high-end aerobic or getting into anaerobic zones. And to be honest, Tim, my husband, calls those the grind zones. Uh -huh. And most people like to spend their time in the grind zones because it feels like you're working hard. The grind zone might actually be where you end up sort of racing, like at a 3-4. Yeah. But that's not where you make your strides. You make your strides by doing intervals or part of your work in number five and then backing mm -hmm. way off and recovering in one and two. And there's a need for three and four sometimes, but that's not how you're going to get faster. You're not going to get faster by playing around in three and four all the time. Interesting. Isn't I that, thought that was like proof that you were actually working hard was yeah. when you were in the grind zones. Yeah. Yeah. It can also be called the death zone. <laughs> the, the why in the hell did I sign up to do this zone? Yeah. So that's a, that's a very interesting. So you're saying it's more about, and this is part of the laying the base, right? This is kind of the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even saying for laying the base, but just like the foundation for how to get faster. Mm -hmm. This doesn't have to do with your training yet or the periodization, the base work. This is just in general. How you're going to get faster is you're going to go through the first or and second part of the training. And when you get to the speed work, you're not yeah. going to spend much time in three and four. You're going to spend more time in one, two, and five. And that's so, how you're going to get faster. And so what does that look like? I mean, how is that? Is this on a hill or is this more you know, I can do this on a track and I can push myself into zone five for 30 seconds and then back for a minute. I mean, what kind of, like, I get the concept of what you're saying, but in practice, what does that kind of look like? Well, let's, let's not necessarily talk about the, um, periodization of training. Let's not talk about the base building. We don't even really need to talk much about the strength work, although there is something I will talk about at some point. Okay. Let's just talk about the speed training part. So say you have three, say you're doing a 12 week plan and mm -hmm. you have three solid weeks towards the end that are going to be your strength weeks before your taper. Okay. What you will most likely add is one to two workouts a week that will include some speed. And what I always think is fun is to make them different. Okay. So mm -hmm. say one of them, maybe it's for the day you're a little more free spirited and you do more uh -huh. of a fart lick. Okay. okay. So fart licks are the funniest word in the world. Mm -hmm, they are. And you. Doesn't matter how old you are. No, mm -hmm. because <laughs> we all know what runners do a lot out there. Yeah. So you're going to pick your spots on your run and you're going to go slow, say zone one or two mm -hmm. from one light post to the next. And then you're going to go zone five. And then you're going to back it off to zone one and you're just going to go back and forth like that. And that could be one of your workouts that week. Okay. And then another workout could be a more structured. This is for not for the free spirited day. This mm -hmm. is when you're more structured and you actually want to do intervals that are going to test you compared to the distance of your goal. 
So this mm-hmm. would be, say you're doing a 5K. And in the first week, you're going mm-hmm. to do five-minute intervals, three of them. Okay. So it's not, it's not as long as you'll be running in the race, but it's pretty darn long. And you may, mm-hmm. we, may, we may say, let's do those at a high four. You're going to be a little bit in the grind zone, but you're not ready yeah. for five, zone five for five minutes. That's too mm-hmm. long to go that hard. So you do those. The next week, maybe you do three, four minute intervals, but they're now at a low five. Hmm. And then the last week you do three, three minute intervals. They're at a high five and you're giving yourself more rest on those mm-hmm fives than you would give yourself on the four. So you can see how the intervals maybe got shorter, the rest got longer, but you got faster and you're measuring these. You're either measuring them by time or distance. You can go to a track and measure them, or you can use a distance you've got on a route. So when you, you know, and to answer your question, I think there's different ways to do these speed workouts. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, there's one workout that I always love doing. It's basically almost an off day. So Mm -hmm. I call it a stride workout and strides to me are when they're basically sprints. Mm -hmm. And I always imagined, um, Carl Lewis with his beautiful stride. (laughs) I don't know. I imagine a guy should imagine a woman. Uh, anyway, we'll come back to that. I don't want to imagine Marion Jones anymore. Marion Jones ended up in jail. I can't imagine what? her running anymore. Okay, so let's let's keep imagining Carl Lewis, right? <laughs> Isn't that go the right Carl? Part? Yeah, we'll go I with Carl. So. I don't know. I'm going to have to Google it. I can't remember now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You're not that young, are you? I think, well, I know the name, but I don't remember the, you know, press release about her being in jail. So. Oh, yes. Yeah, she got busted for drugs. What? Yeah, this is a whole nother episode we could also do because her husband was like coaching her and I don't know if he went to jail too or if she got the rap. And then I heard she had to go into solitary at some point. We need to get her on the show. She can share her story. I remember her now. Okay. Yeah. The pressure on those women and men is insane. But what you do in stride, what I love about stride, strides really make you fast because you usually have your very best form you look the most efficient. You are the most efficient when you're running really fast. Mm-hmm. It's when we slow down that we get sloppy and our feet land on the ground too long and all that stuff. But when you're running fast and you're keeping up that clip, that's an efficiency thing. So mm-hmm. it's good to practice doing that. You just can't sustain it very long. So what I would do is for my strides, um, imagine you're on a track and mm-hmm. you're doing your strides on the straightaways. And you're running easy on the curves, right? And I would count on one leg. I'm a counter too. So I Uh count on one leg. Start. I'm doing a liftoff right now. Sarah's watching me. (laughs) (laughs) And and I would get my my feet under me for a count of maybe five to eight strides on one leg. And then I would hold it for 10 to 15 strides fast, like at all out pace. Carl Lewis, Uh full on. Yeah. Amazing. And then back off. And you want your recovery to be a full recovery so you're not breathing hard at all before you do the next one. And what I love is you could do a 30-minute run where you do 10-minute warm-up or even Mm -hmm. 15-minute warm-up. You do five to 10 strides and then a five to 10-minute cool down and you're done. It's just, it's kind of a nice, could be a Saturday workout, you know, just a little like sharpener. (laughs) It's a sharpener. The strides are a sharpener. So I think this is interesting. What you're saying um, is that part of the way that you get faster and stronger is not necessarily grinding it out over a long time at a fast pace, but pushing yourself to um, points of intensity and then backing it off and then pushing yourself again and then backing it off. And that is actually a more effective and efficient way to build your endurance. And and really, because that's what being faster is about, is your ability to stay faster at a longer period of time. And, and it's not necessarily, your training doesn't necessarily have to match race day. So you don't have to run as fast in your training for the same amount of time that you are going into your actual race, 
in fact, that's almost counterproductive. You're saying you're push yourself back off, push yourself back off, schedule these workouts in. And then when it gets to race day, you have prepped your body in a way that it you can push it longer. It is ready for that, that fast. Am I, am I getting that? Am I hearing yeah. what you're saying? Yes. And I think the point is you're going to be doing efforts that are way harder than your race day and race day is probably going to feel easier because oh. of it, because you put yourself in the pain zone. Yeah. You know, and you learned how to deal, but you won't be going as long. You won't be doing those yeah. really hard efforts as long yeah. as your races. But there's two things I think that have to come first. And these are the mm -hmm. things you work on during your training in the buildup to your speed phase. And the first is your form. Okay. I And, you know, I've thought a lot about this because there's about 500 things you can talk about. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. Just so you know, I'm pretty sure we've landed on the topic for your book. <laughs> so you maybe you were going to tell your story, but I mean, I think you should. This talk is about it. This. DIY yeah. guide, can, man. Can you, by the way, what does periodization mean? What is that? I am so sorry. Everyone's probably thinking about tampons and menstruation it, right now. No. This is horrible. I thought of a periodic <laughs> table. Maybe everyone else listening knows this. This is why we're good. You're like the expert and I'm like the dumb dumb over here. I'm such a <laughs> jerk. I just like rolled no. over that. Um, it's no, but like, okay, so periodization is planning out your training into blocks of training that um, into subsequent blocks of training. So the first block of training on a 12 week mm -hmm. training plan would be laying your foundation, your base building. The second block of training is going to be focused on strength work. So we're about to talk mm -hmm. about that. And the third block of training is your speed work. And at the very end, you back off on all of it and you have, you know, your body and everything comes together perfectly on race day and you have a magic right. day. Um, so the two things that I was going to talk about were the first two parts of the periodization. So in form is something you can always be thinking about, but when you're starting, it's, it's even more important. And I don't know about you. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a good question for you. I can only think about two things at once for my form in anything I'm ever doing. And one thing is even better. If I try to think about more than two things, I, I, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And this goes for any sport, swimming, cycling, you know, running, surfing. Oh my God. All I can think about on surfing is look where you want to go. Like I can't yeah. think about anything else. So what about you? Are you someone who can like think about six different things with your form or do you have to focus? Um, it's, I would imagine um, it's been a while since I focused on my form. Um, probably. I would have to narrow that down. It's like rubbing, it's like rubbing your stomach and patting your head. Oh, I'm doing it. Uh, it. Okay. Well, now you're a savant. Maybe I can do too. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but I get what you're saying, right? So you want to focus. So if form is important, but you yeah. need to focus on one. It, one it's like one thing at a time or two things at a time. You know, if you're like, oh my God, relax my shoulders. Um, breathe a certain way, look a certain way, don't slouch and have my feet hit the ground in a certain place in a certain way. Like it's too much. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, there's two things that I will say, in my opinion, are the most important. And the first one is to land softly. Okay. I learned this from my sixth grade cross country coach and Tim has really driven it home for me over the years. And that even means walking around the house. You know how loud we clot around the house? Do you yeah. like pound around your house? I mean, I do. I have size it. 11 and a half feet. <laughs> there is no choice. You need to you can soften up that footstep. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you um, from here in Colorado. So when you land softly, it's mm -hmm. a, Think about when you watch people doing jumps up onto boxes, like plyometrics, yeah. uh -huh. you can jump up and flop down hard, or you can jump up and then land so you barely like hit. Yeah, like so you barely hear your feet yeah. hit. Uh -huh. And um, you can do that in running. You can land softly. Uh 
And when you land softly, it will force you to make your foot come off the ground faster. So you're having less impact on the ground. You're like landing and your foot's off the ground. Um, And that increases your turnover, which leads me to the second thing. So if you're a counter like me, and this is not a perfect science, I'm not sure that it's a rule of thumb for everyone, but it helped me a lot. Um, When I first met Tim, I was just out plodding along. I was kind of a fast runner still, but Mm -hmm. I I was loud and my strides were really long. And Mm -hmm. he said, I want you to start on one leg and count one leg Mm -hmm. and see how many strides you take in a minute on one leg. And I was like, 72. And he was like, (laughs) wrong. You need to be taking 90. 90 strides on one leg is the average for most people to have an efficient stride. And they say 85 to 95, you could stretch it to 80 to 100 maybe. But the best runners in the world, your stride can be very long, but you're still, that means you're turning turning over over faster. So, and when you're going really slow in zone one, you're like a little mouse. You're like Fred Flintstone with his little like legs under the car. Right. And so if you want to play with that, I experimented with it when I first met Tim. It is so hard at first. Old men in, you know, track suits pass you. Okay. Uh-huh. And you're sitting there going, I, I should be way faster than this. And I'm breathing really hard and there's a lot of effort, but then it kicks in like a few yeah. months later. And that's the commitment and the consistency. So if you want to play with it, count your strides on one leg. But the the trick is that the the second it's oh, the minute is over, don't immediately like breathe out and then go into long strides. Okay. Like keep your strides, yeah. make it what you usually do. So count your strides on one foot and, uh, and just see where you are and see if you can get yourself closer to 90. So I'm interested to know from other people, um, listening for our, to our, from our listeners, And I would love to read your comments um, in regards to this. So I have, I don't know, I don't know any of this that you're telling me. And I'm wondering (laughs) the world, you know, it's, this is the basics. What you're talking about is getting faster doesn't necessarily mean, um, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, speed workouts or pushing yourself, pushing yourself. It's getting the basics right, having the right form. And it sounds like there is a, like, we should probably dedicate an entire episode to form because you said some things about shoulders and breathing and like all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's as simple as landing softly, land softly, turning over quickly, Mm -hmm. propelling off that the foot and getting your next stride in. So the more strides you can get in per minute, technically, the more efficient and faster that you are. Well, and it's not necessarily faster, but it's more efficient because what you want to say is like, I'm going to go 10 meters in a minute, or I'm going to go a hundred meters in a minute. And that's actually really slow. Both of those things are very slow, but you get my (laughs) point, you know, so you can you're going to still hit 90 strides, whether you're going 10 meters or a hundred meters, you're just taking tiny little baby steps and you won't even be breathing versus longer strides to hit the distance. So it's, it's kind of a weird basics. I mean, this is the basics, Nicole. You're right. I mean, I really have just thought my entire life that I didn't push myself hard enough. That's why I couldn't get to the levels that I wanted to be. And if I just were mentally tougher, I'm, this is like the, the truth about how I've felt about, and I read books. I, I, you know, did, I had coaches and obviously not very good ones. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I didn't pay attention to them, but. <laughs> but you know, every these, coach is different too. Yeah. And you know, we, we have time to share a few things today. And yeah. I, so I do think you're right on. Like, When you start your training, think about the basics. And if you want to focus on one thing with your form, land lightly. And if you want to focus on two things, try this 90 strides a minute. And if you want to focus on more, then give us a call. 
If you want to focus on three things, tune into our next podcast episode about the about the basics of form. Actually, we do cover this in Fitter, Stronger, Faster. This is part of why Coach Marsha puts together. There are um, drills that she puts together and form drills and things like that because of the basics of what you're talking about here, Nicole. So now I know we are getting close on time and you have another level in the periodization. Yes. Yes. So I don't want to miss that because now, so we talked about, I just want to make sure I'm bringing it correctly, right? Uh So in any good training plan, you're going to have a base level in which you want to really focus on the form, right? That's and building your base level of running mileage, those kinds of things, right? Focus on the form, get the basics, right? Yeah. Get your body ready so that you can hit the strength phase, which is what we're about to hit on here and not get injured. And actually by doing the strength phase, you're going to get stronger so that then you will not truly won't get injured in the speed work that comes. Which let's talk about the fact, well, we don't have to talk about it, but let's agree that there are a number of women who have due to lack of core strength or strength in general, there is a number of injuries that can, that can happen. And that's where um, some of the, and I know you're going to focus more on strength through running, but some of the cross training, some of the core strength is so key to being able to run um, and stay active for a long time. So would would you agree with that? Yeah. And I mean, I'm just going to say, <laughs> like, yeah. damn you, core. Why do we have to spend 20 minutes every day doing these stupid core exercises? But we do because when we do them, we feel better. And I don't know yeah. if you're like me, but sometimes I take a week or two off and then I'm like, my back hurts. Why does it hurt? Well, yeah. I stopped doing the thing that made it feel good because it was feeling yeah. good. So I thought yeah. I could stop doing the thing. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Keep it up. Well, and for and I know not all of our listeners are mothers, but there are a lot that are, and there is a a major change that can really happen to your body in that time where we lose a lot of of strength and we don't have the time to focus on um, that core anymore. So I, I think that's partly why um, women struggle with this in in general um, over time. Oh gosh, yeah, and we need to have we're. I feel like throughout every episode, we're like, we need to have a full episode on this. Mm-hmm. And there's like 20 more episodes, but we do like your rectus diastasis. That is a big time issue when your abs separate yeah. because they're pulled apart by becoming, you know, a massive balloon belly for yes. many months. And then they never go all the way back together. And that mm-hmm. you can fix that, but yeah. it's, um, that's another don't, episode. It is. And we, most of us have no idea how, so we need help. And it's not, it's not just about Kegeling. This is not a key, you know, Kegels solve everything. You're like, what's wrong? Just do some Kegels. Nope. You got to do some other serious work for this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And join us for Nicole's book that she'll soon be writing about all of these topics. Okay. So let's talk about strength. Okay. So as you said, I'm not going to talk about getting in the weight room. That might be part of your plan. If it isn't and what you're doing in your plan is just running, then what I'm going to allude to here is going to involve hills. Some people live in places like Florida, where we like don't the have land hills. of Florida, where you don't have hills, but you have bridges. This is the funny thing to me. Anytime I visit Florida and Georgia, they're like, let's go run the bridge. Right. And But you have a bridge or you have treadmills really that go up. On-ramp. It's an on-ramp. It's an Let's- on-ramp. You have slopes. You have stairs. Some of you have Colorado Rocky Mountain trails that go straight up, and you can do, like, steep outdoor hills. Um, what I love to do during hill training, if ideally in that part of your training plan, you would have maybe two hill workouts a week. Okay. One I would call a hilly run, and one I would call hill repeats. Now, can I ask a question then? Sure. So during this part of the training, you would put the hill workouts in, but when it came to speed, you wouldn't necessarily continue your hill workouts. That's a fine line. You could, or it could be a little crossover. You could have like, 
a week where you do one hills workout and one speed workout. So you're kind of mixing it up, but you know, when you're really getting on it in the same, right. You're going to build strength in the middle of this. Yeah. For some of your hill workouts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Um, and so you, for, there's a couple ways to do hill repeats. You could just find one very long Canyon and go run up it for 45 minutes or whatever your, you know, time yeah. is that day and then run down. And the down is important. So mm-hmm. the very first marathon I ever did was the Carlsbad. Where, what was it? It was in January. It was in Carlsbad, I think, San Diego area. Mm-hmm. And I was like feeling great. And at mile eight, my quads just started to blow up on me. And I finished the marathon and I don't know, maybe like 3.30 or so. It wasn't even that slow or anything. It was, it was a great time for a first marathon for me. But um, my quads had blown up because I didn't do enough work on the roads. I was on all trails. My body was used to being on soft surfaces and I didn't practice running downhill hard enough. Mm-hmm. Downhill running is as important as uphill running. So you want to make sure that you're thinking about both. Okay. Um, and so you could do one long, slow uphill and then one long roll down, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or um, you could do multiple, right? So in Florida, correct. where our yes. hills are short, yeah, uh, you can go up and down and up and yep. down. If- yep. And what okay. you want to do is make sure that you you are working those hills in a way that makes sense with your training. Maybe the first one you're going up easy. You're like, okay, that was a five minute effort. Next time I'm going to try to go for 30, the third interval, I'm going to go four. Mm-hmm. And on the fourth interval, I'm going to go as hard as I can. And yeah. maybe the downhill on those is easy, but you can also play around with it. And on other days, do all the uphills easy and run the downhills faster just to give yourself that sense. You're still getting the strength work in. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily, you know, crushing yourself. You don't need to be in zone five on these. This is about building strength in your body. So strength work is fun. Um, Mm -hmm. You could even do something like a run where every hill, like a fartlek kind of run on your free spirit days. So, you know, you like the structure. I like the free spirit days. I'm going to go for a run, but every time I see a hill, I'm going to run up and down it twice Mm -hmm. and then keep going until I see the next hill. So you can do days like that as well, which I think help keep it fun. Yeah. Now let's say that you're inside on a treadmill. You can still do this on a treadmill, right? Yeah. Especially in the middle of winter when this is. It's yeah. just a matter of bringing in those, those hills. And what about, um, let's say, um, if people are trying to do anything low impact, can you do this through biking? Like through, um, can you do a bicycle with, um, totally. a heavy, totally, you know, more you tension just, or whatever that is. You just go up and down hills. <laughs> I mean, that's it. And yeah. most people have indoor trainers. You can, you can simulate the hills with, you know, harder resistance. Yeah. But yeah, you can absolutely do the strength work in any sport. You just have to tweak it for what you have available. You're kind of looking at that burn, like when you, I know that feeling so well, right? When you're like, oh, it's different than when you're running fast and like then everything's hurting, you're breathing heavy or sweating versus like that your body, your legs are just like, oh my God, what are you doing to me? And then you ease off and it's like, oh, it's the best feeling it's in the, the world. It's the best feeling. That's like, what you're talking about in here because that is building strength, yeah. which is that final building block before you move into the speed piece of it. Yeah. You know, where if you're saying if you have that, you know, um, sorry, I think you were going to say something. I can't, well, no, I was just, it just hit me that like, you go into these strength days or speed days, kind of dreading them sometimes because you know they're going to hurt. But what we're doing is releasing endorphins all throughout an entire workout. And by the end of the workout, you're almost always sort of on a high. I mean, your body is exhausted, but you're like, that was amazing. So you can kind of get addicted to these workouts. And the danger for a lot of really overachieving people is that you're going to want to do this kind of thing every day, but you have to take your easy days in between. And we talked to Coach Marsha about that. 
you know, a couple weeks ago or whenever that one was. Yeah. And the recovery workout and, uh, episode and, uh, and and Marsha talked. Yeah. Well, and Marsha talked about how, when she actually did fewer workouts, made sure she was recovering. She got faster. She dropped weight. She had done a lot of good things because it was the right mix of everything. Um, to, and the same plan doesn't work for every person. That's where you were saying at the beginning, how important it is to journal these things. And I I would imagine it's important too to watch your body over time. If it, you know, if you are actually getting faster, if you feel good or if you don't feel good or, you know, what, what's happening to your body, because every person is individual in how they react. You're right. I mean, at the end of the day, this whole process is about your relationship with you, your relationship with your own body. When you tackle how to get faster DIY, you Uh are going to be pushing yourself to an edge and backing off, pushing to an edge and backing off. And the goal is not to tumble over the edge. And that is where your relationship with you, your ability to listen to your body really becomes of utmost importance. Absolutely. And I, I, I think one thing I want to make a mention of as well is you in knowing your own body, you have to know when too much is too much. You, this, you know, Nicole and I um, are having discussions here, but we're not necessarily providing medical and training advice. So we encourage you to seek out, just like you said at the beginning, seek out others, seek out coaches, seek out groups to help you um, continue to provide the tools and learn what read books, those kinds of things. So um, make sure that you're doing that and listen to your body when it's, when there is real pain, real pain, you need to stop, you know? Um, And if you're really looking to, um, push yourself, certainly see a doctor first, make sure, check your vitals, make sure everything there is good because you are pushing your heart, you're exercising everything and you want to make sure that you're in a healthy spot to do so. So there is all of our, you know, basic. (laughs) And now we are covered and you cannot sue us. Um, we are thinking like <laughs> lawyers and and it's all very true. You know, at Disney, they do a training called safety begins with you and me and it's safe D like with the, the D for Disney. Oh my God. Drilled in you wherever you at all time. So based on my number of years at Disney, safety does begin with me and it begins with you, Nicole, and it begins with all of you listening. But I yeah. do want to put in a shameless plug um, since we're doing this episode, <laughs> because we are going to be opening registration for our Fitter Stronger Faster Challenge soon. Um, and like we said at the beginning, part of the reason we created that challenge was because we get asked this all the time. How do you get faster? How do you get fitter? How do you get stronger? And uh, Nicole has provided some amazing information here. Um, we will most likely be doing some additional podcasts to support the Fitter Stronger Faster challenge training. Nicole probably doesn't know this yet, but she's nodding her head like, yeah, that'll be great. I'm like, cool. What am I doing? What are Hold we on. Talking about? <laughs> no, um, but uh, we will um, as a group um, kind of be going through a six week training plan where we teach a lot of these things, some of the, the, the form, the basics, the speed, um, and really help you flush some of this out. So if that's something that you're interested in, I would invite you to join us um, and head to our, our website, zoomarun.com, where you can find more information about Fitter Stronger Faster under our challenges. I love so, it. There's I'm my doing shows. it. I'm going to sign up. You have to. I've already <laughs> said that you're going to. <laughs> you're going to help provide provide the content, Nicole. So Wait, I, I'm signing up and I'm providing the content. I love oh, it. Just providing the content. <laughs> and I'll give you free swag. There's always good free swag medals and oh, shirts it's the best. and kinds of stuff. So, so um, I just, I think we're ready yeah. for takeaways. If you're ready for takeaways, you know, like I have notes, like, I don't know if you know this, 
I've written them down. I made a <laughs> There's picture. like a chart and a graph. You know, do you want me to take the lead on takeaways? Well, I just wanted to say I learned so much today. I hope some of our listeners did as well. Um, because this was it was really eye-opening to me. And I swear I'm not just <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I have often felt so uninformed as someone who was an athlete for so many years. How do I not know the basics of this? How have I, I think I've run like 13 to 15 half marathons. How in the world, Nicole, do I not know these, this information? And what it makes me want to do is like create an entire, you know, year's worth of content to help all the other women learn about it. So that I'm excited about this, but I think you should do the the takeaways. I have probably too many here. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, let's start with, um, First takeaway is if you want to get faster and you have the means, get yourself a coach, a guide, or a mentor. Yeah. So let's start there. Now, if that is not something you want to do or can do right now, then you're going to go the DIY route. Mm -hmm. And the second takeaway would be that in order to get faster, it means you need to do a lot of your training slower than you've ever done. And a small amount of your training way faster than you've ever done. And so that's a little bit counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but that is the way to getting faster. And the third takeaway is that you can't jump right into going faster. You need to do some work first. The first thing you want to make sure that you are at least paying attention to is your form. And the second thing you want to make sure that you put into place is some strength work. And when those two things are lined up, your body can be very ready to go out and attack the speed part. So those are my takeaways. What do you think? I think they're great. And I want to add one more. And that's consistency. So even if you do a speed workout or a strength workout or a form workout and it doesn't go amazing. That's okay. You still showed up. You still did it. And it still counts towards something. So it's not go through your 12 week training plan and every workout has to be amazing. Go through your 12 week training plan and show up for your workouts, put them into the best of your ability at that time, The consistency and the persistence is what will pay off at the end of the day, not if every single workout was amazing. So I love it. I love it. I love it. It took me, it took me seven years for my running to get to become as much a strength as my swim and bike. Wow. And I'm not saying that to scare people because it doesn't necessarily have to take well, seven you were years. trying but you had to run 26 miles at eight minutes after running or after biking and swimming so yeah. and there was a different there was a different bar for sure but the point is stick with it because Absolutely. along those seven years there were small increments and yeah. each year there was improvement and suddenly yeah. seven years later suddenly <laughs> Does that even make sense? But at some point, it all comes together. We had, um, there was a woman that posted in our run club, our Zuma run club uh, today. She had just broken her 45 minute. um, She'd run the fastest 5K she'd ever done. And she was just so elated. She was pumped. It was, it was great to see that comment. And, you know, whatever your goal is, whatever your pace is, um, you can, you know, get to where you want to be just keep showing up and listen to Nicole's advice and read her book. So (laughs) I think we nailed it. Um, Awesome job today, Sarah. And you guys, if you have questions, you can reach out to us. We're available. You can. And I want to say thank you to everyone who has been leaving these amazing reviews. You know, Nicole and I are like sitting in our basements (laughs) talking on microphones (laughs) Mm-hmm. acting like we're cool or something. And I just, the comments, I like read them and I, I'm just so thankful um, that people want to listen to what we have to say. So thank you for those continue to leave us your ratings and your reviews. We want to hear from you um, and continue to 
to tune in, subscribe, listen, tell us what you want to hear. Love it. I think it's a wrap. All right. See ya.